We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're reacting to week 17, and we have some impressive RotoViz results to share on RotoViz Radio. Welcome into the RotoViz Fantasy Football Show. I'm Dave Cabin alongside Curtis Patrick. Week 17 is nearly in the books for most people. The fantasy season is just about finished. And Curtis, we are even more fired up than we were last week because some of our RotoViz brethren are about to finish really big in some of these tournaments. How are you doing, my friend? Oh man, it's uh well I'm going to start off. I guess I'll just start off with the with the bourbon comment um tonight. I've I pulled I never pull this stuff off the shelf cuz it's <laughs> so hard to get. This is this is Booker's, man. And this is Granny's batch 126 proof Booker's bourbon. And I'm drinking Booker's tonight because you can book a Rotoviz <laughs> championship in the FFPC best ball tournament. Uh it, there, there. I will say there's a less than five percent chance uh, that Rotoviz does not win um, that tournament. There's really only three live teams: um, Connor O'Driscoll, um, one of our newcomers uh, in 2021, um, has just been doing a, a, such a great job uh, with his weekly content for the 2021 season. Is in first place, and he is sweating 11.5 PPR from Jarvis Landry. If Jar- if Jarvis scores less than 11.5, and if a combination of Roethlisberger, Najee Harris, and Chase Claypool score less than something like 90 points, then Connor wins a hundred grand. Um, if Jarvis Landry, yeah, hundred oh grand. Um, if to, and, uh, it is a co-managed team, he would want us to mention that um, with a non-Rotoviz person, just one of his close friends. Um, you know, but obviously, you know, we know that Connor had a lot of influence on that draft. Um, yep. In second place, uh, one of our our Rotoviz, um, a fully Rotoviz managed team featuring Blair Andrews, uh, one of our co-owners, uh, Colm Kelly. Um, our managing uh, producer for Rotoviz Radio and Sean Siegel, um, our ma- majority uh, shareholder and chief owner of Rotoviz, uh, are in second place. 
And they need 11.5 PPR points from Jarvis Landry to take down the 100K grand prize (laughs) and split that pot. And they will take that as long as they aren't also then outscored on the other side coming back by that team with the the Steelers trio. So there's really only three live teams um, as I see it. And the most probable outcome is that Rotoviz finishes first and second and, you know, what else can you say? I mean, it's incredible um, that, you know, this contest, which we spent so much effort writing up, drafted so much, uh, so many teams um, and not just the guys who are the finalists, um, but, you know, many of the rest of us as well, who um, made the playoffs and just couldn't make the elite top 12. Um, I mean, we had a lot of skin in this game and it feels so validating uh, to have two of our teams uh, in first and second there. 125 K probably coming back to team uh, Rotoviz for uh, our, our efforts. So congrats guys on an amazing season, no matter the outcome. Uh, we promise not to root for one team or the other. <laughs> um, we're just, we're just rooting for one and two. Yep. Um, so Dave, any comments about that? And then um, let's check in on our teams. Cause last week we had kind of let the listeners know where we're at. We don't have quite the sweat going on yep. uh, that our, our partners have going on, but uh, we should still tell the listeners where we stand. Yeah. Well, I mean, abs- it's absolutely incredible to have those teams going one and two. Uh, very likely. Of course, we have to thank Mike Beers because Mike Beers was instrumental mm. in setting up a ton of things that have helped out everybody invaluably. Um, you know, so got to shout out Mike yeah. there, but just awesome to see these teams finish as they did. Yeah, absolutely incredible. And um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll drink to that. Hold on. Mm. But I <laughs> love you, Mike. <laughs> uh, okay. So, so checking in on our teams, yep. Dave, I had a pretty good sweat going on underdog for the million. I had a pretty good sweat going on um, at one point this weekend. I think I had risen as high as like 18th place. Um, you know, as, as will happen during the course of the day, things change rapidly <laughs> and it was, it, it was set up, man. It was set up there was a path where I was going to get all the way up there. If the Seahawks had handled those one, those uh, one yard touchdown passes to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett differently, had those gone Penny's way. And had we seen Rashad Penny turn in an Alvin Kamara esque <laughs> uh, type game um, paired with uh, Deandre Swift getting stuffed multiple times at the goal line. If, if he could have just outscored Mixon with a couple of short touchdowns and Penny, uh, posted another 15 to 20 PPR. It would have swung things wildly a different way. Some of the DK teams don't um, boost up. Some of the Russ Wilson teams don't boost up. And uh, those of us with the penny ownership, you know, would have vaulted up the board. So as it stands going into Monday night, I'm in 22nd place. It's going to be a nice handy payout uh, for me. It's not going to be on the 25 K or hundred K level, uh, but a substantial payout. Um, nonetheless, Baker Mayfield is all I have left. I doubt he's going <laughs> to enter my lineup with Tom Brady having posted what 400 passing yards and three touchdowns. So um, I, I was joking in our slack that, uh, you know, basically, if Baker ends up outscoring Brady, then it books the title for Blair, Calm, and Sean on the other side. Because there's no way he's getting to, you know, that type of output without Landry getting 11 and a half. Um, you know, so I'm sure, you know, Connor's rooting against me uh, tonight, <laughs> moving up the boards. But um, anyway, that that's how I fared. Um, Dave, how did you fare in the puppy three? Yeah. So it started off nice uh, for about <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> seven minutes into action. You know, Josh Jacobs had punched one in. Um, I had a couple mm. other players score. I was in 15th place 
And boy, oh boy, oh boy. did that precipitously fall. Uh, you had Diggs <laughs> dropping a pass oh. off of his hands in the end zone to get me upset. You had oh. Joe Mixon a couple of times when he could have been used at the goal line. You know, Bengals are handing it off to Joe Burrow. Um, James Conner didn't play. So I ended up finishing like towards the middle of the pack. If a couple of those things had broken yeah. differently, I might have come away with a little bit more uh, likable of, of a payout. Um, but, you know, I, I have finally like even in something like this and I, maybe I've been here for a couple of years and I reached the point where I just I just let it wash over me. Um, I know a lot of our listeners out there were in similar spots this weekend you got to just let it wash over you. I say this so many times, but there's just no sense in letting yourself get so worked up over fantasy football. There's a ton of things that are still out of your control in a finals week, something like this. It doesn't define who you are. Uh, You know, you can still be a good fantasy player without bringing home, you know, the big prizes and whatnot. Still enjoy it. Make sure it's fun. Um, you know, even though sometimes it does get very serious, I think that's still the most important part of, uh, the whole endeavor. Yeah. Uh, well, well said going back to the, uh, the mantra we've shared so many times on the podcast over the past year, stay positive, work hard and make it happen. We only have control of the first two, <laughs> uh, stay positive and work hard. The players unfortunately have to make it happen. And so that's why we focus on structure and our builds because, um, you know, as Sean eloquently pointed out in his Monday drop um, today, um, structural based drafting, um, regardless of which structure it is, um, you know, when applied over a, a large portfolio um, of assets that you're managing um, puts you in a situation where, you know, y- you can succeed uh, even if you don't get those individual player choices um, uh, right in specific drafts, um, you're likely to set yourself up with these types of teams and it plays in year in year yep. out, man. You know, we had three, t- three teams from team road in the top 33, uh, in the FFPC main event last year, this year, we're going to finish one and two in the best ball tournament, probably going to finish in the top 30 of the underdog best ball mania. I mean, and this, this is, you know, different people from across our ownership team, um, each year, uh, and our analyst team. So, um, you know, our, our principles are working in the, in, on the biggest stages, um, for sure. And so, um, just a quick check-in before we run into our, um, normal Monday fair here, Dave, through one quarter, Jarvis Landry with one reception for 20 yards. I believe that's three PPR, uh, which would project him for 12. <laughs> if, if, uh, if he, if he gets three PPR per quarter, um, this is going to be a real sweat for those guys. So, uh, by the time you're listening to this in the morning, it will have been settled, uh, unless there's some crazy stat corrections or something like that. But man, just, you know, live looking at the updates, these guys have no fingers, fingernails left for sure. Oh my God. Well, you know what the fun thing about this is, um, this is the first time of the entire season where it's actually where we're actually able to make sense because, you know, we all have so many teams and there's so many different like, you know, balls in the air. We actually know what is driving an outcome, which is pretty exciting, which hits to your point <laughs> yeah. about yeah. you know how like yeah. a lot of this comes down to doing things correctly across all of your teams, which is to just get back to why I say I don't get that upset now because I realize that the things I'm doing will work in the long run, but you realize how sometimes specific teams, it's just not going to work out for. But when you have all of these teams, it's practically impossible sometimes to know what you should be rooting for. But tonight we know. And with that, Curtis, who do you have for the player of the week? It's very, it's going to be very obvious, uh, but I am going to, I'm going to tip my cap 
It's one of my my favorite <laughs> and most rostered players across all uh, all formats over the past couple of years. Rashad Penny gave a valiant effort uh, in trying to get my player of the week nod. Not happening this week because Jamar Chase broke the box score. Um, just absolutely scorched the earth, man. Uh, 12 targets, 11 receptions, 266 receiving yards, three receiving touchdowns. Uh, he had a 55.5% air yard share for the Bengals with 146 air yards. Actually outpaced his air yards with his yak, 153 yak in one oh game. My God. It's nuts. 153 <laughs> oh yak my God. in one game. 22.7 EPA uh, in standard leagues would have scored 44.6 in half PPR. He scored 50.1 for those of you keeping uh, track on, on underdog and other similar platforms, 55.6 PPR across most of the major contest. Um, just an absolutely crazy, crazy line. And uh, I mentioned Sean's article a few minutes ago, uh, his Monday article, and he, you know, he gave a nod, obviously thanking, um, you know, Chase for that, that, <laughs> that output. Um, and, you know, uh, it was one of the, it was actually the best wide receiver fantasy playoff uh, performance since the year 2000. Uh, we'd seen a lot of pretty crazy PPR performances. Uh, Terrell Owens back in 2000, in his famous 20 reception game My God. Uh, had held that mark at 54.8. I remember watching that game. Uh, yeah, it, that, that was just uh yeah. Vintage to man, uh, 20 for two eighty three and a touchdown. Um, drew Bennett, crazy drew Bennett season in 2004, uh, 53.3 points. The only other player over 50 PPR since 2000 was Brandon Marshall for the Broncos back in 2009 with a dominant 21, 202 line. Um, for 53 PPR chase, he paced them all, man. Again, 11, two sixty six three looked every bit, the part of the generate generational prospect, uh, that we talked about in our, uh, Rotoviz fantasy football rookie draft guide, uh, back in, you know, the early, uh, parts of the year. And, uh, I guess in, in insert sales pitch, our 2022, uh, guide is available for presale. Now It'll probably drop here in about three weeks after NFL declaration deadline passes um, and you figure out if there are any generational prospects in the 2022 draft that you should chase. Um, but yeah, man, Jamar chase has got to be the cream uh, this week. Who was the snoozer? Well, this week's snoozer, I'm not going to say that it's actually their fault, but I would imagine if you were a fantasy player that had him on your team, you were not happy with how things played out in his game. And that, my friends, is Dalvin Cook. Uh, Minnesota oh comes out against Green Bay last night, and that game gets out of hand quickly. Dalvin Cook, who you were hoping would be the guy to get you over the hump to win your championship, rushes nine times for 13 yards, had three catches for zero yards, and did not win anybody anything yesterday. So unfortunately, Dalvin Cook is the snoozer of the week. All right, let's just move on to game notes. I don't want to say anything more about Dalvin Cook there. All right, we have to talk again about Amon Ra St. Brown, who possibly, Curtis, <laughs> if Jamar Chase hadn't been as absurd as he was, potentially could have been the player of the week. Now, Jamar Chase 
uh, put up 55 points over the weekend. But from week 15 through week 17, Amon Ra St. Brown with 84.9 points leads all wide receivers and tight ends in points scored. That is absolutely absurd. Uh, He had three receiving touchdowns in that stretch, 25 receptions, ties with Cooper Cup. Yeah, Cooper Cup for second. Only player with more was Devontae Adams, had 292 yards, third in yards, um, just absolutely killing it. The highest target share of any player, uh, 33.7. Now, of course, you know, actually, I lied. Justin Jefferson at 35.1. But nonetheless, just hard to understate what Amon Ra St. Brown did. Now, some of that is going to get lost in the absurdity that Jamar Chase put up and the fact that he was this prospect that ended up being as good as people thought. Amon Ra St. Brown, I don't think many people would have seen this, um, you know, coming to fruition for him in the way that it did. But nonetheless, it is extremely impressive. A player that we're going to have to take a closer look at now uh, for sure, even though we've talked about him a couple of times as we head into next year. And then on the season in total PPR actually finishes in at uh, around wide receiver 25. So some impressive stuff for the rookie on just that was on just 109 targets, actually. Um, So makes it uh, pretty impressive for him. 803 receiving yards on the year four receiving touchdowns. So when you also consider how much of that was sandwiched into the end of the season, just a real tremendous run for St. Brown. Yeah, I, th- I think what um, is a, another potential interesting development with St. Brown, as you look at him over the course of the season, getting involved a little bit as a rusher, uh, two <laughs> carries for you know 23 yards and a touchdown, yep. had a two-point conversion. Um, I saw multiple people reference him on various so, uh, social media platforms uh, on Sunday that you know perhaps he's being used in a, a Debo Samuel type fashion. Um, and that would certainly be something to monitor. I mean, you know, the, the lions do look a little, uh, talent thirsty, uh, in that offense, uh, primarily at the quarterback position. So, you know, finding creative ways to get the ball in the hands of your biggest playmakers on high percentage, um, on high percentage types of exchanges is, you know, a way to kickstart the offense. And, you know, the team is smartly, despite all of their challenges this year, the, the team is smartly driving volume his way uh, because he's been doing good things with it. Um, and much to the chagrin of, of DeAndre Swift investors, um, <laughs> you know, they, they, they were giving him the ball in those, uh, those high leverage uh, situations um, this weekend. And so, yeah, I mean, Hey, um, you know, it, it, this is, this is a player where, you know, if, if he had cemented in, you know, round two draft capital or something like that, you know, we'd be talking about him as a, a wide receiver one in dynasty, that type of valuation. And, um, this is a, you know, he, he had a, a great profile and he slid in the draft, um, went to what was perceived to be an unfavorable landing spot and he smashed in spite of the challenges. And so you kind of have to look at him a little bit like we looked at uh, Terry McLaurin. Now, McLaurin um, did get the day two, uh, but, you know, landed in a very similar situation where it was like, you know, how's this going to play out for him? And, and he managed to produce despite a lot of challenges in his way. And, you know, he quickly, you know, climbed up the boards into a wide receiver two dynasty valuation territory 
And so as our team looks at our 2022 startup draft rankings and also our redraft and best ball rankings for 2022, I think we're going to have to give this player a, a hard look uh, and make sure that we're not penalizing him for draft capital um, when, when he popped as a rookie. And this isn't like a fourth year breakout in a changing situation. This is just clearly um, a talented player uh, who's succeeding in spite of everything being stacked against him. So yeah, kudos, kudos to uh, St. Brown. I will say I'm tilting his performance a little bit. It was the difference um, in the sleeper bowl. The, so the sleeper bowl, we talked about this one last week, uh, the last couple of weeks, I, I ended up facing AJ Dillon of the Packers and the champion <laughs> in the championship. So he, awesome. he's out there. Not only is he out there on the frozen tundra facing off against the Vikings, he's also sweating his matchup with me in fantasy. <laughs> last night and uh yeah the, uh <laughs> which is really fun that to is think really about fun. yeah it's yeah it gave me so much pleasure um so uh yeah i mean he he you know smartly picked up saint brown earlier in the season when one scott fish cut him for like the third time scott had him <laughs> on his roster so many times in this league and it's a shallow bench league and so he had to keep cutting him uh before the the sustained breakout had really occurred and uh, Dylan had him and it, he, he was literally the difference. I'm going to lose that matchup. Uh, you know, I'm going to lose that matchup by something like 16 points or something like that. And, and St. Brown's breakout is, is totally the difference. So uh, I got to tip my cap to AJ Dylan, by the way, taking down all of the fantasy nerds, the pro football player in the first fantasy league he's ever competed in. Wow. Um, take, take so, sometimes, sometimes the gold just sticks, uh, <laughs> to people. And that's what this feels like for AJ Dillon. So, uh, it was a pleasure competing against him and, you know, Hey, if you're going to finish second in a, a competitive league like that, uh, everyone wins, uh, AJ will be donating uh, 10,000 or sleeper will be ex- rather donating $10,000 to a charity of AJ Dillon's choice. Uh, appreciate that classy move, uh, by that outfit. Um, and, uh, everyone wins. Uh, when charity wins. So congrats to AJ on that victory. Wow. That's awesome. Um, that's a, that, that is really fun though, <laughs> to think about him sweating that against you while he is out there also, um, you know, in a game that, uh, you know, probably was very significant for a lot, for a lot of, uh, a lot of fantasy teams out there. All right. Did you have anything, uh, for us over in the AFC? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? 
That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, I mean, Mark Andrews, um, congrats to Mark Andrews setting a Baltimore Ravens uh, receiving yards record. I think that's really great. Yep. Um, you know, the tight end position is one undergoing, you know, upheaval, not just in dynasty. I think that correction has been taking place over the course of the season. You'd be hard pressed to find anyone not ranking Andrews or Pitts, Kyle Pitts of the Falcons at number one, um, for, uh, dynasty tight ends. Um, but I think even as we look to 2022, you know, yes, Kelsey had another incredible year, uh, but pending actually Dave pending week seven or week 18 results rather. Um, and now Kelsey missed a game. So we have to factor that in, but Kelsey for the first time in many years may not finish as the overall tight end one in total points scored, uh, and points per game, um, would still be there, but in total points scored, uh, would perhaps not be Andrews who holds that designation right now. So, um, changing of the guard, potentially even in redraft that I think, I think will carry over to 2022, uh, when we start to see those early best ball drafts start in late January. Yeah. I mean, that's going to be something that's very hard to argue with. There's a lot of reasons that this feels like the time. There's a lot of reasons that if you start digging through the numbers too, that you should side, uh, that you should err on the side of Andrews. Uh, now I wanted to point out that, uh, Dalton Schultz was the tight end three and the wide receiver slash tight end nine throughout the playoffs. Uh, so weeks 15, through 17, which is a pretty exciting thing for a player that, uh, you know, kind of had some nice spots last year. I don't think people were expecting this type of performance out of him again this year, but heading into the week, uh, he was fourth in overall PPR, eighth in PPR per game, 11th in expected points per game, and had been a uh, tight end one in 60% of games. So I think that this is a player that we're going to have to monitor and see how people respond um, as we head into drafts next year. Because if you do look at the game logs and the way that the Cowboys were running their offense, he was playing a very big role. Uh, Eight targets in week 15, nine targets in week 16. We've actually seen him go over 20% market share a number of times this season, uh, which for a tight end, in an offense that has the ability to put up big games is just something that you have to be very excited about. So congrats to uh, Dalton Schultz and anybody that managed to get him on some teams this year. Uh, as, as I did see uh, on some of the teams that I had with him and other teams in some of these best ball tournaments, he was a bit of a difference maker given how well he performed into relation to where you could get him ADP wise. Oh yeah, for sure. And and we had a uh, lots of exposure to Dalton Schultz uh, across uh, our portfolio here at Rotoviz. Um, I know Sean and I had him on our co-managed teams and we had him on one of our uh, co-managed uh, ownership teams as well. Um, so those are great notes. I think that Cowboys offense too is one that is going to be really curious uh, in 2022. What's going to happen with Zeke Elliott and his role? Um, how healthy will Michael Gallup be at the beginning of the season or at any point, you know, with the, the torn ACL, uh, an unfortunate thing that happened. He actually managed to make that catch uh, just really tough football play. Um, you know, CD lamb really kind of underwhelming in year yep. two. Um, 
you know, just, just the inconsistency, he's going to be a top 20, you know, PPR wide receiver. So it's kind of hard to criticize him too much for that. Um, with a thousand yard uh, receiving season, you know, still one game left to play, but it just didn't feel like he took that next step that everyone was thinking, you know, where he'd really be the focal point of the offense, Mari Cooper, another year older. Um, so yeah, I mean, Schultz, uh, potentially has the, the ability to be the, the constant, um, while everyone else is jockeying for position. So, um, a, a good one, uh, a play, another player I wanted to shine a light on, um, in the AFC is, I mean, how do we properly appreciate Brandon cooks? <laughs> like this guy, I mean, seriously, no, man, really? uh, he's, yeah. he's just a thousand yards. He in 15 games, he has a thousand eleven receiving yards with Tyrod Taylor and Davis Mills and just absolute trash all around him. Everyone knows Brandon cooks is the only weapon in the Texans offense at any level. He's the only competent player and he still produces. I mean, this guy is a pros pro. He's a fantasy pros pro total discount. He's going to have one of the highest uh, league winner rates. I think Um, when we look at the end of year data, Dave, he was such a bargain you know, going, um, in the late, um, single digit rounds of drafts this year and really just smashed. He's, you know, going to finish, um, as a middling wide receiver too. had a couple really huge games. Um, so, you know, geez, I, I just have so much respect for player. It would be so easy for him to just not care and not show up, um, and just goes out there and balls. So 26.3% target share, uh, 129 targets, um, just putting up some of the best numbers of his career when he really had nothing to play for other than pride. Um, so tip of the hat to Brandon cooks, Brandon cooks is definitely on my, uh, you know, he's on my short list of players now at this point where it's just like underappreciated footballer, underappreciated fantasy football producer. Uh, he he's on my team along with, uh, I, I think the, the Jarvis Landry is probably the, the torch carrier from a career uh, perspective, but Brandon cooks is certainly right there and, and nipping at his heels. Yeah. We'll get this in eight seasons um, has finished. Uh, I'm just going to read. I have to read these off. Cause it's just more impressive when you go through rookie year, 21 in PPR per game. Uh, ranked 21st, 2015, uh, 20 next season was 11th, then 18th, then 20th, 2019 was a down year, uh, finished 70th in P- uh, PPR per game comes back in 2020 to rank 17th and then through, um, 14 games, uh, in, in, including through week 16, he was 25th last year. Have to see where he comes in this year. But I mean, that is an absolutely phenomenal fantasy performance across eight seasons, especially for a guy that's got shipped around from team to team to team. So he just always manages to do it. Have to love Brandon cooks. Uh, another note that I wanted to hit upon here, uh, Darnell Mooney. He had some good matchups in the playoffs, but also had a, a pretty darn impressive playoff run was wide receiver 12 in the fantasy playoffs, but wide receiver 23 um, across the year on a team that also had, you know, shifting tides at the quarterback position. We saw Allen Robinson really struggle, not able to put things together. Mooney finishes with 124 targets, 71 receptions, 972 yards. So falls short of the thousand yard mark uh, in, in his first 16 games four receiving touchdowns. Um, but I just think it's noteworthy 
Because this is another, you know, young wide receiver that might get swept under the rug in some people's imagination as they focus on some of these bigger performances that we're seeing from players. But nonetheless, impressive stuff from Darno Mooney. And hopefully as we move into next year, uh, you know, continues to get acclimated to that system playing with these quarterbacks. We'll see him continue to improve. Last player, uh, maybe similar in skill set to Mooney. Last player I want to highlight. I'm going to go back to the Ravens. Um and and highlight Marquise Brown and in 15 games uh he's currently sitting at wide receiver 17 um did not have Lamar Jackson um for what four of those games he had Tyler Huntley and uh, <laughs> uh Brad Johnson. Josh Johnson <laughs> Josh Johnson yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah Josh Johnson um coming off of uh, the couch um and you know this is an instance of being a year too early on a player uh, he certainly looks like a duck, uh, quacks like a duck in 2021 and can't wait to draft him again in 2022. Um, and you know, that, that, you know, that offense really looking exciting with Rashad Bateman coming on as well. And, um, you know, so I wanted to highlight that it looks like he's a player we're going to be able to trust next season. Um, and then the last AFC note I had, Dave is it really not fantasy relevant other than for the playoff challenges. Um, and I do want to take this moment to highlight for the FFPC, I will definitely be hammering their playoff challenge again this year, really fun contest. If you've never done something like this, um, you know, we'll, we'll be sure to cover it on the site and on the podcast. When we put our teams together, I'm sure Dave and I will co-manage one. Yep. Uh, for sure. Uh, but it's really cool where, you know, you get to draft uh, players to fill out a lineup, but you can't repeat, you can't have repeat exposure to players on the same team. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll understand what the full uh, NFL playoff picture looks like. And let's say, you know, we selected Patrick Mahomes. We couldn't pick any other Kansas city chiefs uh, for our lineup. And so you're, you only get points for the players in each round that they play each game that they play. And so there's a strategy within the strategy. It's not just which players do you roster? It's which players do you think will make it all the way to the Super Bowl, And what will the exposure of those players be? So you can differentiate your lineup. It's a really cool game. Um, but anyway, what I think will be interesting for that is I'm hearing that the Titans are ready to activate Derek Henry back to the roster, Dave. And if they can win next week, or things bounce right for them, they're going to get that first round by. And Derrick Henry is going to be healthy and rumbling through the AFC playoffs, potentially as the home team favorite for the Titans. And that is going to be the best version of this season's NFL playoffs that we can get is if the Titans get Derrick Henry back. We'll see teams at full strength. It'd be so exciting. Um, so that is that is my biggest wish. If I can throw some you know positive vibes, uh, mojo out there into the universe for a single player to affect the the <laughs> NFL uh, playoff landscape this year, it's going to be Derrick Henry. I want to see one of the all time greats, uh, all time dominant players at the position. Anyway, uh, perhaps is more appropriate to say uh, healthy for this playoff push. Oh. It would be insane to get to see him. I mean, what a story that would be the return and then to just come back and just run over everybody because, you know, throughout the year, it did not look like anybody was able to slow this guy down. And I, I like coming off of the injury, I don't care. Like in my mind, I'm still expecting him to just run through everybody. Then if we get the home field advantage for them, uh, it just sets up to be such a fun conclusion. And it will be interesting to see how people actually approach this in that contest uh, with Tennessee looking like a team that should carry their way through and him being one of the most exciting players, how many people are going to be afraid to actually pull the trigger there? We will have to find out. 
Uh, I had one more note, though, for everybody before we close down here. It's not on a specific player, but uh, Curtis, I'm wondering if you kind of saw this, too. Anecdotally. Wait, hold on. Hold okay, on. Hold yep. on real quick. <laughs> hold yep. on. Uh, Derek Henry played in eight games. He's still sixth. He's still RB six in rushing yards. Oh my god! Uh, this season, so that's all. That's all you need to know. Nine hundred and thirty-seven yards in eight games. Uh, there's actually only four one thousand yard rushers in the NFL this year. Uh, pending Monday Night Football, Najee Harris probably will eclipse that mark. But yeah, uh, Derrick Henry RB six on the season in less than half of a year. Uh, okay, yeah. on to your other yeah. point. So I just wanted to bring something full circle that we actually talked a little bit about in the summer that looks like it has bared out. Um, but one of the things that we talked about how was with some of these top level quarterbacks being so good now, we're actually seeing this change in the quarterback position where there is a bit more of a drop off than there was in the past by the top level players and some of the lower level players. And in the best ball tournaments that I was in where my teams advanced through, I haven't actually punched it through the data yet, but I grabbed the rosters of all of the teams that made it into the finals and whatnot. And anecdotally, I can say that we are seeing at least in tournaments that pretty much all of the teams that advanced all the way through had what I would consider to be very good quarterbacks. So that's something I want to come back to in the next couple of weeks and just wanted to present now in case we don't get it, because I do think that as players start to approach building some of their teams on various platforms, uh, as best ball drafts become available, you know, be it January, February, I think that's something that you're going to want to start to pay attention to uh, is not ignoring the quarterback position in some of these leagues, the way that you might think specifically um, on underdog. So just wanted to share that. I'm not sure if you might've noticed a similar thing too, in the leagues that you're in. Oh, for sure. Um, you know, the drop off from QB one, um, to QB 20, uh, was over 160 fantasy points. I mean, you're talking at 10 point per week yes. So that in a roster managed league, that's obviously very material, but when you stack up and this is why we advocate for drafting multiple quarterbacks within a tight window. Um, you know, if, if you have not played best ball or read our best ball content before you'll get very familiar with this as part of Sean's off season, best ball workshop that he does every year and listening to us, um, apply this strategy in various different ways. Um, but so selecting, um, specific quarterback profiles during a specific time of the draft uh, gets you the right combination of players. And so you'll, you know, many of our teams across Rotoviz featured combinations of Matthew Stafford, Jalen Hurts, uh, Tom Brady, Joe Burrow yep. among the four highest owned um, quarterbacks. You can find out why in 2022, uh, if you buy a Rotoviz uh, subscription, um, it will walk you through that and, you know, also help you identify who those quarterbacks will be next year. But, uh, absolutely did notice that Dave. Um, it's, but it's, again, it doesn't mean that you're necessarily paying up at the position, but you, you want to identify those players at the right time of the draft when you're not overpaying, who yep. still have that ability to be difference makers in fantasy. For sure. And like you said, you know, it's about doing it in a smart way. You're probably going to have more than just a handful of teams, especially in some of these contests where you can draft teams for $5. So there's different ways to do it. There's ways to be smart about it. We have tools that will certainly help. You know, Sean's going to continue to put this stuff out there, but I'm really excited about best ball leagues as we head into next year, because I think that we're continuing year over year to gain a lot of knowledge and we're really starting to see results. And it's just like, it's just so much fun to, to go through all of these drafts 
figure out which players you want to have as your most rostered guys and stuff. You know, we had a good time with that this year. So I'm just fired up already, Curtis, to get into next year. Uh, but, but yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm ready to draft, man. I'm, I'm so ready to draft last year. I felt like I was just really worn out. Um, even though I had a great year, but you know, we were chatting before the show, definitely going to have my most profitable fantasy year. Uh, last year was great. This year is even better. Um, and I think that has part, part of it, uh, that's part way to do with it. But then I've also just got so many, um, appreciative DMS from, you know, various Rotoviz radio listeners and Rotoviz subscribers today. I mean, just message after message. Thank you so much. Finally broke through, won my first dynasty title, uh, made that you know championship in all of my redraft leagues and, and, and won several of them I mean, just over and over and over again. We're, we're seeing the results for the people um, that are playing alongside us, you know, with, with, with our data and our, our, uh, you know, fantasy strategies. And, and that's, that's also, you know, very rewarding because I know how good it feels, you know, when I do well in a league. And, and so, you know, I know that joy that those players are feeling uh, when they perform well in a league too. And so it's just a way, you know, all rooting for each other um, coming back to smash in 2022. My last thing that I will say Let's check in on this Brown Steelers game, Dave. <laughs> Let's do it. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Baker Mayfield is one for 10 for 20 yards and a pick. Oh boy. Uh, so his only completion is still to Landry for 20 yards. So right now, as of 922 P uh, 922 PM Eastern standard time, Connor's feeling pretty good. There's <laughs> six, six, six minutes before halftime. Baker can't, hit the broadside of a barn. However, they're going to have to keep passing because, you know, the Steelers are up seven, nothing and they're driving after Mayfield's interception here. So potentially going to be down by two scores game environment, correct for Landry to uh, produce what needs to be produced for Sean Blair and calm. But right now, uh, Connor's got to be the betting favorite at this point in the night. Well, maybe, uh, you know, the Browns can rely on Jarvis Landry to throw a couple of touchdown passes and that will get the job done. He has done that. He has done I'd that. like to see the old lefty sl- sling it around there. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, this was great to rehash, uh, rehash some of our calls from this year, highlight a couple, you know, key breakout or underappreciated players, um, tonight, Dave, and, and, and also rehash some of our results. Um, definitely really excited to, uh, come back tomorrow and talk about those final standings in the FFPC best ball tournament uh, for our colleagues here at the site. And then, you know, start really getting into, we're going to, we're going to shift gears quick, man. We're going to start talking the NFL playoff fantasy games, and we're going to start talking about uh, 2022 rookie class prospect evaluation, highlight some of Travis May, Matt Wispy and Stefan Lako's work uh, as we gear up for the 2022 road of his fantasy football rookie guide. And then of course, get into early 2022 dynasty startup draft rankings. And I forgot to mention it, but happy new year, everybody appreciate you listening with us throughout 2021. And we hope to have you back in 2022. Thank you for listening to the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at CPatrickNFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214. And make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. 